Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. You're listening to a teaching message by Vintage Church in Harker Heights, Texas. Whenever and wherever you are listening to this, our hope is that you are encouraged and challenged by this message and that you are inspired to take your next step with Jesus. For more information, please visit us at vintage.church or follow us on Facebook by searching Vintage Church TX. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to week two of a series we started last week called Robbing Peter. We're together over the next several weeks. We are going to continue our candid conversation about God and money, specifically what God's word says about money. I want to encourage you, if you're just tuning in, whether it's online, you're just joining us here in person, if you haven't already, download the Vintage Church app. We're going to jump into week two, but week one last week, we really laid a foundation for our conversation specifically about what God says about money, this big idea of biblical stewardship. We learned last week that we are stewards or managers of everything God gives us. He is the owner. We are not. It's from that perspective that we continue to grow in our resources. Again, if you missed any of last week, go back, take a look at it. It's really laying the foundation for our conversation today. We're going to be talking today about debt. How many of you guys are excited to talk about debt? Right? You're probably thinking, oh, Pastor, you know what? I, maybe some of you in here, you might be saying, I'm debt free. I have no debt. Some of you are saying, man, I, just, I have certain debt. Some of you are going, man, I am literally trying to dig myself out of a hole. Uh, Maybe the hole that I dug myself was my fault. Maybe somebody else dug that hole for me and I fell into it. But either way, you're thinking to yourself, I am absolutely drowning in debt. You know, it's hard when we talk about stewardship and honoring God and our resources. It's very difficult to see uh, when to see uh, really what God wants for our future when we're literally just looking at, you know, the wall of dirt in front of us while we're in the hole of debt. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to shift and we're going to build on this conversation about stewardship and we're going to talk about debt. That's what we're going to do today, specifically how we break the cycle of debt in our lives. I believe when we get serious about attacking debt, God actually partners with us and he gives us hope and power, right? And the provision to get out of debt, but we've got to change our behavior and our behavior only changes when we change the way we think. First, we have to think like God. We have to think we're stewards. We're going to be held accountable. Then we have to think wisely about debt. That's what we're going to talk about in our message today. Romans chapter 13, verse 11, the apostle Paul says this, and do this knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. I love Paul's attitude to the church at Rome. They were struggling with all kinds of things. I'm sure there were people that were struggling with debt. In the Roman Empire, if you had so much debt, you would literally be, be, be given as slaves to other people, to the person you were indebted to, to pay it off. He was talking about people who were being persecuted, all different things. And he's saying, listen, listen, it's high time to wake out of our sleep for now is our, I love that attitude. This verse is saying, wake up, get moving. Now's the time. It's time to arise from our complacency. I think that needs to be the spirit in which we talk about debt. It doesn't need to be this somber thing. We need to know that our God is able and have a can-do attitude about moving forward into his plan for our life. You know, the word for salvation in this passage is the word soteria, and it literally means when translated, deliverance, 
protection, soundness, prosperity, health, and preservation. In other words, our freedom, our time for freedom is here. Every Christian not only has the responsibility to get out of debt, but we also have the authority and the power to stay out of debt, to be blessed so you and I can be a blessing to others. So today, if you're fed up with the hole you might be in, if you're sick and tired of juggling bills, hiding from creditors, living paycheck to paycheck, this message can completely change the trajectory of your life. Maybe you're in here and you're already out of debt. You're going to be strengthened, encouraged, and reminded why you are blessed, and it's not for yourself, but to be a blessing to others. Either way, I believe this message today on debt is going to really help you get God's mind on uh, managing resources. So, you know, speaking of debt, I heard something funny this week. While attending a convention, three psychiatrists take a walk. One laments, people are always coming to us with their guilt and their fears and their problems, but we have no one to go to for our own problems. And so I thought, as he's walking with two colleagues, he says, since we're all professionals here, why don't we, why don't we like, you know, listen to each other like, our, like we listen to our patients? Like, why don't we hear each other out right now? And so they agreed that this was a good idea. The first psychiatrist confesses, I'm a compulsive shopper and deeply in debt. So I usually overbill my patients as often as I can. Wow, that was deep, right? Honest. The second psychiatrist admits, I have a drug problem that's completely out of control. Like I am absolutely addicted to methamphetamines. Then the third psychiatrist admits, you know, I know it's wrong, but I really struggle too. No matter how hard I try, I just can't keep a secret. That's funny. Come on, that's funny. Come on, that's funny. So we're gonna talk about debt today. No need to keep a secret, all right? You are not the only one, and nobody's gonna tell on you, but I do believe that God wants to change the way you look at debt. Now, specifically, I'm talking about consumer debt, and that's debt that's not tied to an appreciating asset. I'm talking about credit card, consumer debts, that line of credit, debt that's tied to an asset that's low interest, right, where you have a payoff strategy, like a mortgage is not necessarily bad debt. Also, maybe you're a business owner and you've leveraged debt to build your business, but it's been in conjunction, in participation with your business and your rising income. The debt that's attached to an asset, here's what I would say about all debt, regardless of what kind it is, beware and be wise about any debt. Okay, I think this is important no matter what debt you have. You know, you can be house poor. You don't want to be house poor. Even though that debt's attached to that house, you want to make sure that you're not completely shackled to that house, that that payment's not too high. You may want to think some of that. Okay, but it is attached to an appreciating asset. What I'm going to talk about today is specifically the problem that we find ourselves in, in our culture, but even in our churches, where we are shackled with consumer debt, That line of credit, those credit cards where you paid for that dinner or the cruise for your anniversary and you're still paying for it three years later. That's the debt that I'm talking about. Did you know that this kind of debt will strangle you if you allow it to? It's mortgaging your future. Debt ends up limiting you. It restricts your options in life. It's paying off yesterday's expenses with tomorrow's income. It's literally robbing Peter to pay Paul, God does not want you, nor is it the best for you to live that way. 
The reality is debt is wreaking havoc in our global economy. Think about Greece, Italy, other nations that have had massive economic collapses. It's wreaking havoc here in our own nation. Speaking of debt, did you know that as of today, our national debt in the United States is $28.4 trillion? That's trillion with a T. You and I, we don't want to be part of the problem. I mean, you're thinking, when you hear words like that, right? You, you turn on the news or you, you, you see Congress is griping about whether to spend, you know, three trillion or five trillion or one trillion. And it, 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 it's easy to lose an understanding of what that is. So I want to illustrate for you. How much is a trillion? Well, it's a million million. A trillion dollars is a million dollars multiplied by a million. Or if you prefer, a thousand billions. It has 12 zeros behind it. Uh, when you look at it, it will make your eyes cross. If $1 million in $100 bills were stacked up, it would be a stack that's 40 inches high, 3.3 in uh, feet, kind of underwhelming. But if you stack a $1 billion $100 bills, right, that would be, I'm sorry, $1 billion in $100 bills, that would be 40,000 inches or over half a mile tall. If you were to stack $1 trillion in $100 bills, that would be 40,000 inches high. That's 631 miles. It is a lot of money. Now, like I said before, I don't think it's necessarily a sin to be in debt, but scripture does say that certain debt is very unwise. We are not designed by God to carry the heaviness of debt. Look what the Apostle Paul says to the church at Rome. In Romans 13, 8, he says, Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Paul is encouraging the church in Rome, pay your bills, be indebted to no one. God's picture for your life is for you to live and, and, and walk debt free. That there's abundant provision for your family, for your home, for your church family. Why does God desire us to live debt-free? Because he knows how debilitating living a life of debt can be. When it comes to negative cycles, perhaps you can relate. Maybe debt has left a toll on you. Did you know that debt doesn't just affect your bank account? Don't miss this. Debt impacts us mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. The reason why you and I need to break free of debt is because it has detrimental right, impact on how we think, on our mental health, on our spirituality even, our emotional state, and even our relationships. Did you know that researchers have found some unfortunate things happen to us when we wrestle with long-term debt? They found mental, emotional, and even physical consequences of being in a negative free fall in the cycle of debt. You know, as a pastor, you wouldn't believe the number of people that I've sat down with that are literally overwhelmed and overcome by issues that started with out of control debt. They're crippled under its weight, stressed, hurt, marriages breaking up. And it comes back to all of the stresses attached with, with, with out of control spending and consumer debt. Now that's the bad news. There's also good news. Here's the good news. God wants you to be stable, strong, and living healthy, positive, and prosperous cycles of blessing, fulfillment, freedom, and enjoyment. And he gives us the power to do that. Did you know that God wants you to be free from debt, free from lack, and you're not on your own in whatever hole you find yourself in. You are not on your 
own. God wants to help you. So what I want to talk about is I want to talk about some practical things you can do, right, to, help, to break the cycle of debt in your life. These are all biblical. Some are natural. Some are supernatural. Some are like, you know, you just need to have better habits and let time happen. Some God's put in place to, to really help you in, a, in, a, in, a, in an expeditious fashion get out quicker than you ever could on your own. But what do we do? What's our part? You know, I believe God will partner with us even if the debts we find ourselves in are completely self-imposed and it's all our fault. Did you know God is a God of grace? He meets you where you are and he promises if you won't give up on him, if you won't quit, he will not leave you where you are. He will lift you out of that pit. God wants us to understand his purpose for blessing in our life. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 8, 18, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is to this day. Did you know that he gives you the power to get wealth, not just so you can get a bigger house or a bigger boat, but so you can establish God's kingdom and covenant? Here's the reality. The reality is God's work in our life as a spiritual family comes down to the family understanding how to walk in God's ways, specifically understanding the dangers of debt and getting out of debt altogether. Being debt-free starts with seeing yourself debt-free. Anything that starts right with vision, a start by developing a mental picture of this abundant debt-free life is going to work, I promise you. Wherever you are today, the single most practical advice I can give to you, and it's the very first, very first key, and don't miss this, acknowledge that debt is your enemy. Let's just settle once and for all. Listen, debt is not your friend. I used to say it this way. Bankers may be friendly, but they're not your friend. By the way, I have a lot of banker friends. I love bankers. But bankers sell money. They sell debt. Some of that debt's great, like your house. Some of that debt's not so great. That bank that backs that consumer credit card, that prize on, on your love for shoes, even though you can't afford them, right? Those expensive habits that you can't seem to let go of, those things that you retreat to, that you cope with, all right? We need to acknowledge that debt is our enemy, Debt is our enemy. The first, next thing you've got to do is you've got to know how much debt you have. I'm astonished by how many people have all of these credit cards and all of this debt, but they don't actually know how much, where it's at, what their rate is, how long it would take them to pay it off. God wants you to get out of debt, but you've got to actually know your financial picture. Now, I've said this over and over again. We help you do that in this church. We have a discipleship course called Wiser where we walk you through a whole process of budgeting and identifying and we teach you what God's word says about it. We really help you move out of debt. But one of the first things you've got to do is you've got to know how much debt you have. What if someone was willing to pay off your credit card debt today? Could you tell them exactly how much you owe? What if you know a windfall of cash showed up at your door? Would you know exactly what was needed for you to be debt Free. There's something powerful about knowledge. You can know where you're at so, so you can know where you need to go. The next thing you've got to do is from that knowledge, you've got to make a plan, like develop a written plan to get out of debt. We talk a lot about this. As a matter of fact, Dave Ramsey is famous for kind of mainstreaming this idea of a debt snowball. This idea of, hey, put all your debt on a piece of paper 
and let's just take out the littlest one first and then let's move to the next one. Let's just roll to the next one and roll to the next one. You've got to have a plan like that. You've got to have a budget that helps you, right? Take whatever excess you have and, 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 and helps you eliminate debt. That's very important. You've got to make a plan. The next thing you've got to do is you've got to destroy your credit cards. I know this is difficult. You know, we had somebody tell us, you know, every time you don't destroy them, just, you know, cut them up and, and keep that account because it'll hurt your credit. Do you know what your credit actually is? Your credit is one big debt score. The better your credit is, the more they're going to try to stuff debt down your throat. Who cares if it, if it results in a little dip in your credit or your debt score? One of the best things you can do is just close the accounts. Just destroy the credit cards. Be done with it. The next thing that you've got to do is you've got to live on less than you make. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Some of us were so used to how we live today that we forgot how we lived yesterday. And if we would maybe just go back to how we lived yesterday, today, for just a little while, we might not be saddled with debt. Did you know that you used to live on less than you make right now? You did. You used to. You used to, but over time, you gathered bills and you, you, you have habits and you have different here and you start eating out here and all of a sudden you realize you're living at a level you can't afford. You've got to bring right, that down. This is very important. You need to learn to say no to 24 months, same as cash. Why? Because it's not the same as cash. Cash is cash, right? Cash is in your hand, no interest, 24 months, same as, listen, they almost statistically, they know you're going to go over and they know that they're going to hit you with interest. Say no to the offers in the mail. Say no to the latest great credit card offer. Say no, to, don't even go into the stores that tempt you for a while. You've got to learn to live on less than you make. I remember me and Kyla, we got married. We moved actually to Harker Heights and we were just starting to kind of build and we started to find some momentum in our life. And it was very tempting to go out and like, you know, let's just go get everything new. We moved into this rental house and it was the first kind of big, decent house we ever lived in. It was a rental. Some friends here gave us a great deal on it. We were brand new, but we were about to start a church. And, and after praying and think about it, we just said, you know, we're just going to hang on to the same furniture for a little while. I'll never forget. We had this old green retro couch. It was a pullout bed. It was old school though, when they made them out of iron and the thing was literally a million pounds. Okay, and I remember this old, ugly sofa. You know, we had a nice dinner ta you know, table that you know, was kind of gifted to us. But we had this old green couch. And you know, for a while, we just settled. We just said, you know what? We're gonna just have that couch. We're gonna keep that couch. And you know what? I'm so glad we did because it took a lot more money than we thought to plant the church. And it took a lot more. There were things we didn't see that we were prepared for, right? Because we had learned to live on less than we make. We had margin. Everybody say Margin. We say margin. So we acknowledge that debt's our enemy. We know how much debt we have. We make a plan, right? We immediately just destroy the credit cards. And then we begin to move our life, right? And to live on less than we make. The next thing I want to encourage you to do, this is difficult, but learn to pay cash. Learn to pay cash. There's something about cash that just you feel every time it goes away. But there's something about swiping a credit card that just, it's so easy you know, uh, recently uh, we were buying some board games and we were in Target and we were looking at some games. We were really trying to get our kids around the table a little bit more in the season of our life. And, and, and I thought it would be a good idea to get the newest Monopoly game. And in, in, in Monopoly, I don't know if you've seen this, they have a version of Monopoly where you actually load money on credit cards. It's like a little, it's crazy. And I thought, man, that's kind of cool. Okay, let's try it. It was honestly miserable. 
It was miserable. It was, it was, it was weird. We, it was hard to keep track of. And, and, and I want to tell you, we ended up like giving that away. We, I'm not throwing it away. And we went back to the old school, you know, where you count out the little paper money. It's like all of a sudden my kids are kind of looking around and they're, they're, they're aware of what they actually have. Okay, it's not, it's not like on a card in an account somewhere. They're aware of what they have and they don't have any more than they have. So if they want to buy Boardwalk, but they don't have the money, guess what? I'm about to mortgage that sucker and buy it from them. You know what I'm saying? Come on. You get Boardwalk and Pike's Park Place or Pike's Place. I'm telling you, it's, it's powerful. Okay, my point is cash. There's something about that tangible in your hand thing. You will spend, statistically, you will spend less money when you use Cash. The next thing you got to learn to do, my wife and I have really practiced this, pause before you buy. Sometimes, have you guys ever heard of an impulse buy? You know, I've had a couple of them and and God's really taught me this. One of the best things you can do before any major purchase or anything that you really, really want is just make sure that it's not impulsive. You know how you do that? You just give a little time. Did you know that if it was really a great deal and you really needed it, Okay, it will still be there when you come back. And salesmen are so good at this. They, they, they put this pressure on you, especially in car dealerships. I have a lot of car dealer friends that are real honest and they're real great. But you know, there's some that aren't. Okay, there's some that aren't. And you walk under the lot and they, they say something like, you know what, this is, this is the last one of these. Like, I don't know when we're gonna get another Chevy Tahoe in stock. And, and, and you, you think, oh my gosh, it's the only one and it's exactly what I want. And you start thinking, maybe if this is the only one, I've gotta do it now. By the way, every time you feel that way, don't do it. Let me just save you a lot of heartache and pain from personal experience. Do not do it. They are not telling you the truth. The reality is, is those cars go off an assembly line. There will always be another Chevy Tahoe. Okay, there will always be another thing that will meet your need that you think you have to have. One of the best things you can do is pause. I would say pause and just wait 30 days. By the way, you know, if you're going to buy, if you're going to look for a car, go, go commit to go to 15 car lots first and not to make a decision for 30 days. Meaning that you go on that car lot, you have no pressure, you've already decided. Me and my wife are great at this now. We'll just go, you know, we're going on, we just wanna look, we don't wanna buy anything. By the way, in your relationship, if you're married, you always have somebody who just wants to get it done and somebody who wants to wait. Okay, for me, I'm the one that's like, man, this is wasting my time, I wanna make this happen. For my wife, she's like, you know what? I sh- my wife could look forever. Is that frustrating to people? It's like, honey, come on. We've looked at this a thousand times. By the way, this is why the internet is so powerful. You know, today, I can't tell you the last time I went on a car lot not knowing exactly what I was gonna get, already working out the deal. By the way, they will do it on the phone. I don't care what they say, all right? Walking in, they're surprised that I actually showed up. I insist that the deal is exactly what we wanted and it's actually a very, very good experience. It's, I don't leave feeling like I got taken advantage of. You've got to learn to pause before you buy. Luke 16, 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little, right, will also be dishonest with much. Now these next two, we've, we've gone through seven. These next two are very spiritual. These next two are, I believe, uh, uh, things you can do to break debt in your life that don't seem intuitive, okay, but that God really partners with you. This is where some of the supernatural stuff happens. The next thing you need to do, if you're not already, is you need to tithe. Now, we're going to talk a lot more about the tithe next week. Okay, the tithe, though, let's just look at it real quick. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring all the tithes. The tithe is the word masser in Hebrew, and it means the first tenth of all of your income. 
of all of your increase. So bring the first tenth of all of your increase, not a tenth, the tenth, right? The very first into the storehouse so that there will be food enough in my temple. That's the house of God, the church. If you do this, says the Lord of heavenly harbies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the, I love that. Put me to the test. Only place in scripture it says that. Put me to the test. I'm generous. I'll prove it to you. I've got your back. Honor me first, okay, and I've got your back. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. You might be thinking, I'm not a farmer. What's that mean? You know those expenses that pop up that you didn't expect? The worst possible time your car breaks down. Another translation says, I will rebuke the devourer from your stuff. In other words, I will cover it. I will protect it, right, so that you can build it. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they ripe, says the Lord of heavenly armies. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for your land will be a delight, says the Lord of heaven's army. The tithe acts as a covering. When you set yourself faith, when you're faithful with the tithe, I believe scripture teaches that you set yourself up for supernatural debt cancellations. By the way, we make it really easy. If God said that you should test him, you can also test this in our church. We have what's called a 90-day tithe challenge as a church. We've done this since we opened up the doors. Here's what we do. If you commit to tithe for 90 days, okay, and we, we go through a process of you showing us that that's really the first tenth, and you're faithful for three months to return the tithe to the church. And at the end of that three months, by the way, we put it all into an account. We don't spend it. At the end of that three months, if you say God did not provide, if you say, you know what, I'm worse off than I was before, we commit to actually refunding the entire tithe back to you. Because the reality is, the tithe is not really about God's house. It blesses God's house. But the tithe is really about your house. And when you can understand that when you step out in faith and you trust God and he always comes through, you're gonna be stronger, you're gonna be better for it. And so if you're interested in jumping into that challenge, if you're interested in doing that, there's gonna be some uh, forms. There's a form online. If you're watching this online, you can go to vintage.church forward slash give. There'll be a link for the 90-day tithe challenge. You can sign up. You can also ride outside of our doors if you're here in service. You can go out there. There's a booth pop up there and you can, you can right there, fill out a form and we'll walk you through and we'll check it. And listen, I, I believe God comes through every single time. You know, in the history of our church, we've had literally dozens, it might be hundreds at this point that have taken that challenge. And every single one of them has gotten to the end of it. And they said, you know what? I've been so blessed. I cannot believe that this works. What did they do? They tested God and he came through. Their faith is there. And you know what? They don't want to take it back because the reality is God blessed them. But you know what? If, if, if God says, test him, you can test it as well. I believe in it that much. The next thing you've got to do is you've got to give. What's this mean? You need to remember not to forget to be a giver where you are. Faithful, then trusted. Did you know God is a debt-canceling God? The Bible says in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. For some of you in here, those things, is the, that's the whole of debt you find you're into. Do you know sometimes when you give in faith to expanding the kingdom, maybe uh, helping plan a location here or, or giving towards a need or, or giving above and beyond to, to serve the community in one of our initiatives. The Bible says that you're partnering with God, that that, that is a way to supernaturally like cancel debt in your life. This happens. We see this happen. And if God does it for one person, we see it throughout the Bible, he'll do it for you. Acts 10, 34 says this, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Did you know, as we close, this is important, that God doesn't respond to people based on their income level, their gender, 
their, 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 their race or their position. He doesn't relate to you that way. He relates to you in faith. If you step out in faith, what you, he's done for others who have, done, who have stepped out in faith, he will do for you. If you do your part in the natural, God will, do, God will add his super to your natural and miracles will happen in your life. You and I as believers, we have to settle in our heart that debt is not our friend, it's our enemy. But we have a great ally, a, a king, right? Jesus wants to help us overcome in this life. If we'll lean into him and his word, we will succeed in our finances. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much, Lord, for the power of your word. I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our spiritual family. Father, I pray for every single person in here struggling under the weight of debt. I pray that your Holy Spirit would whisper to them this week, encourage them. Father, I pray that as they review notes and as they continue this conversation in small groups, Father, you, you, you'll, lean, you'll lean into them. You'll give them wisdom for their own situation. I thank you, God, that you, you never bless us for us. We are blessed, but you always want your blessing to move through us to others. Father, to the, to the, uh, to the, to the amount we can get out of debt and live free is, the, is, is, the, is, is how generous we can live with our church and our neighbor. I pray, God, that you would give us wisdom and discernment that everything we do this week and the steps we take in our finances to get out of debt, Father, that they would bring glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. You can stay connected with us at vintage.church or on Facebook by searching Vintage Church TX. Here at Vintage, we believe that church is more than a place or a weekend activity. It's a spiritual family where Jesus is the center of our lives personally and our relationships collectively. If you are in the Harker Heights, Fort Hood area, we would love to have you join us this week. You can learn more about us, our service times, and plan your visit by checking out our website at vintage.church. We hope to see you soon.